And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us today. <laughs> I almost couldn't spit that out. Thanks for staying with us today. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Diane Huth, and she is the author of Brand You to Land Your Dream Job, and she is known as the Accidental Career Coach because she is a marketing and branding expert that fell into career coaching when she realized Very that cool, very unique. It's great. Yeah. When she realized that her students had no clue as to how to market themselves, even though they were marketing majors, <laughs> and how to go out there and get a job because it really is about the brand that we present. And I even like your brand, which is so simple, but it just says it all, the accidental career coach. You mm-hmm. know right away that you are a career coach, but yet that's not your field of expertise necessarily um, or how you started in your field. So let's talk a little bit about the book because there is so much in the book and I know that it's probably been this process that when you first started and you wrote it quick to start um, getting that information out to your students it's now had a lot of iterations and so if the book really is for everybody or is it really geared for students it is it was originally conceived of for students but the stuff that's in there is important for everybody and mm-hmm. um because we we all have to go back from the beginning because the career search process has changed completely different. Ten years ago or 15 years ago, your career search was local and kind of personal, and today it's global. Um, there's a, a, a whole process of finding a job today. Half of all jobs are found through job boards. They're listed on job boards. And with that, there's this hiring funnel that because it's all become digitized, and today a regular old everyday job that nothing fancy, nothing special, you know, a bookkeeping job or, or you know, customer service job, just, I mean, not, not vice president of Google, but, you know, a regular job that lots of people would apply to will be seen by a 1,000 people all over the world to the online job board. So whereas once you were competing with 25 people, now you start out with a, a competition of a 1,000. Of those, 200 people actually start to fill out an online application a hundred people actually submit the application. So then you're one of a hundred. A computer algorithm called the ATS system, which we call a resume reading robot or a resume rejecting robot, scans your resume for keyword matches to the job description and kicks out 75% because it doesn't find the right keyword match so that three quarters of all resumes are kicked out and eliminated before a human being ever sets eyes on them. And then the recruiter looks at those 25 resumes for an average of seven seconds each before he picks them to look at in more detail or rejects them. So it's a completely different ball game. And if you don't know how to be one of those 25 that get through this, this funnel, you have no chance of winning the job. It, it's completely different. So, yes, it's very important that you learn the job skills because everybody – has to go through that process. Interesting, the other half of all jobs are found through networking. It's a personal relationship. It's the going to your professional association. It's who you meet. And the older you are and the higher level of position and the more compensation, the greater percentage of jobs that are found by networking. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a, of a two-edged um, sword here that you have to know both the 
the quantitative skills of getting through this, this online search gauntlet and then how to meet and engage with people and network professionally. And so I think we have to learn all of those skills. Wow, that, that feels really daunting. But yet I think that if you get some of those skills down, it, you have an advantage because so many people don't even realize that they need those skills. Well, you know, on the resume, for example, right, if, especially if you're more established and you have a resume, you're really proud of your career, you may not want to redo it and make it keyword uh, centric. Or you're not even thinking about the keywords because you don't feel like it's reading correctly. Yeah. And I do think that there must be something that you need the keywords in there, but then you also need it to be that when that hiring manager takes a look at the resume that they're not turned off by it. Right, right. Um, resume for three different people. One is the computer robot that's going to find the keyword matches, and I have a tip on how to do that. The second one is the HR recruiter. He may not know that much about the job, but he's looking for corporate information that he can find, and he, they're going to look to quantify and certify that your information is correct. But then mm-hmm. when you're talking to the hiring manager, that's the person who's going to make the decision. You want things that pique his interest, that are relevant to him, and that will make that person say, huh, I want to talk to this person. So you want that, that engagement. So you're writing for three different audiences. It's not easy, but it can be done. Well, and it can't be too long on top of it, too, right? I mean, if it's, if the, if you're going through HR first, if it's more than what, a page? I mean, can it be two pages? It can be two pages if you have a lot of experience. I have a two-page resume, and I think if I ever write another resume again, I will, I, what I recommend is that you have two resumes. You have a one-page summary resume, and mm. then you have your longer, more detailed resume for when you're sitting in that job. The the recruiters look for four different pieces of information. They look for the, the, the job title. They look for the company name. They look for the years that you were at that position, what years, and they look for your education. So you have to build your resume so that those four key items pop out. It's well formatted. Those items are bolded highlighted, underlined, whatever, so it's easy for the recruiter to, you know, real quick find those pieces of data as his eye tracks down. What I recommend, and this was a brilliant tip from my brilliant son, um, Hmm. is that in the, you know, kind of um, that first section that you have, kind of job skills summary, rather than writing all the soft stuff, you know, I'm hardworking and dedicated and, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, that you could actually, you personalize each resume to each um, job application. So if the job application has a list of, of criteria, you know, a uh, minimum of a BA college degree and four to six years of experience and must know QuickBooks for this accounting job, etc. So you make a little grid like in Excel and copy it in there. And on the left side, you mm-hmm. put job requirements and you put that data that they require. And on the right side of the grid, you put how you meet or exceed those qualifications. So when you look at it, the first thing you see is this is my requirements. Oh, this person matches. Cool. And it can be four or five lines in a little grid that's inserted at that top section of your resume. And it makes it so easy for um, the person reviewing the resume to verify how you meet or exceed the expectations. And that can also be the key part of your cover letter. How many of us have spent hours slaving over cover letter and regurgitating everything that we've done, right? No, no, yeah. no. You write a little 
one line that says, I'm applying for XYZ job and I'm confident that I have the skills that you're looking for, you paste in that little grid. You add two lines saying, in my career, I've accomplished these five things, and you talk about quantifiable accomplishments. I look for, you know, forward to talking with you shortly. Boom. You're done. Um, that's a great tip. Um, thank, thank him for us. <laughs> I, I, I talk about it all the time. <laughs> um, you should market a template because I would love to have a template, and I think that would be really cool. But I, I love the idea. It's almost like cheating ahead of time, right? You have... For each requirement, you have your little bullets already outlined kind of how you meet them, right? Yeah, and it just makes writing it so much easier because we do struggle with the wording and what you want to put in there. But if you really, if you realize that no one is looking at these, you know, with a fine tooth comb, they're just looking for this key parts that they, that they need. And if you put those in there right up front, it, they're feeling a sigh of relief. Just yeah. by having everything that they need, that they don't have to go through this whole thing. They like you already before they've even met you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Helps, yeah. It also helps you mirror the wording. Okay. Because let's say this accounting job says you must use QuickBooks. And if your resume says, I do accounting software, guess what? It's not a match. You must use their exact keyword so that the Boolean search matches the keyword of their job search with yours. So you must mirror the language that they ask for. So if you put it in this grid, you say this is your requirement, and you mirror or say that those same words so that it's, it's identical, then you have a better chance of, of beating those robots. Oh, I think that's great. You know, and we have a couple more minutes before the break, and, and I want to talk about, the networking piece of it, because I think networking can work really well if you're in a big city. But what if you're not in a big city? How do you make those types of contacts? Or what if what you do isn't necessarily what a lot of people in the area do? How do, how do you get yourself out there, you know, aside from putting your resume out there? How do you network with people when you maybe live in an area that doesn't have a lot of networking? Well, you're in the best time of of our decade of our lives for doing that because you have an online presence. LinkedIn is absolutely wonderful. LinkedIn should be your number one job search website. Anytime that you want to do anything with your personal brand, whether you're looking to um, get a job or just build your career, get references, get a promotion, get selected for a board, LinkedIn is where you should be doing it. And LinkedIn today offers so much more than just a resume building site. Um, you can post, make posts which are kind of what I'm doing today. So I, for example, I posted on LinkedIn that we would be on this phone call or on this, this radio show and how to access it. That was in a post. But then you can also write thoughtful articles of a longer format and post it. And you might get hundreds or thousands of views. So it's a way to establish yourself as a thought leader. You can go through and see comments that come to you on LinkedIn, and you can respond thoughtfully to other people who have written posts. Um, you can um, provide um, uh, your uh, on your um, LinkedIn profile. You can make attachments. You can add um, a bios. You can add profiles, articles. You can attach a whole series of documents to your LinkedIn profile, so you can have an online portfolio. You can use, um, I think, it's Skillshare or it's a slide share um, program that LinkedIn has. So if you have a presentation that you've made at a national convention, you can post it on that platform 
and everybody in the world can access it, and then you as the author of that presentation can be found through your LinkedIn profile. So I think LinkedIn should be one of the key ways of creating a national or global presence for yourself if that's what you're looking for. I also strongly recommend that people get involved in their professional association. And there's two kinds of professional associations. One is your industry association. So, for example, I worked at a snack food company, so I took a a leadership role for a period of time with this National Snack Food Association, which is the association that everybody in that industry goes to. So it doesn't matter if you're in marketing or manufacturing or sales or production or, or you know, quality research, um, you would belong to the Snack Food Association. Those are company organizations that companies um, belong to. So if you are a specialist in a certain industry, then you certainly want to showcase yourself through um, participation, like on a board or a volunteer role at a professional association of a national industry level. But then everybody has professional associations that have to do with your field. So in my case, I work in marketing. So the three associations that I would become active with are the American Marketing Association, which I've been a board member forever, the the Advertising Federation of America, which is for advertising people, and then the Public Relations Society of America, which is more journalist, public relations, publicity, corporate newsletter, corporate communication. Those are the three publications that encompass my profession, if you wish. And so I believe everybody should belong to professional associations in their field um, because your future boss is probably there at the luncheon with you. Those are the people who will be hiring you to work in the same capacity. Um, and so I believe very much that you don't just, you know, pay your 200 bucks to belong to association, go and have banquet chicken once a month. Instead, you need to participate. You need to be on the inside. You need to volunteer for a role on the board or a key committee and then become active. And I have three key committees that I recommend everybody who's really clever um, do. And I believe that the the first um, committee that you should volunteer to join. Um, Hang on one second, Diane. We have to take our second break. So when we come back, we'll talk about the committees. Um, And I also, before we go to break, I wanted you to let us know where we can get the book. Um, My book is available on Amazon.com. Just look for Brand You to Land Your Dream Job. And I have a website where you go to HireMeNowPlease.com. I have a gift for your listeners, which is a 15-page career guide checklist, and then that will direct you to a website. So HireMeNowPlease.com. Thank you so much. That's great. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back. Charlie Labosco and Eva Lewandowski are on a mission to make a difference in your career, your life, and the world. As consultants, coaches, speakers, and trainers, they each bring different skill sets to the table as well as different products and services, all of which are designed to make a difference for you. Are you looking for fame, fortune, and recognition? Need help with speaking up and being heard? Looking for the right tools for the right issue? Look no further. Go to charlieandeva.com. Check us out. Opt in to our newsletter. And let's be teammates. Let's face it. Getting noticed at work can be tough. 
And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Levandusky, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. 